You are Locked On Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Tuesday edition of the Locked On Longhorns podcast. I am your host, Patrick Gahn. Follow me on Twitter at Pat Sports Guy. Follow the show, Locked On Horns. You want to get into the conversation? Love to hear from you. Tweet at me. Again, Locked On Horns on Twitter. And you can reach me directly, Pat Sports Guy, on Twitter as well. I want to welcome you back into the show on a Tuesday morning, afternoon, evening, whenever you're listening. We appreciate you for tuning in each and every day. Big show to get into. We're going to talk a little bit about the basketball uh, in segment two. Kind of get you prepped for the Texas Longhorns, Iowa State in Ames. Their second to last game of the year before they head to Norman to take on the Oklahoma Sooners uh, for the season finale before they get ready for the Big 12 tournament. But before we get into all that, I talked about it yesterday on the show. We're going to get into some of these position battles on the defensive side of the ball. We're going to start on the outside. Talking about the pass rush. Who's going to take over that role for a departing Joseph Asai going to the NFL draft? One name to keep in the forefront of your mind. Marquez Bamaj is returning after opting out last year. He's kind of seen as that guy... Now, last year, I thought he was that guy that could kind of play that Joseph Asai role. Kind of be his backup, maybe contend for the other defensive end position. Ultimately, he opted out. He's going to be back, so he's the guy that I want to look at. Ray Thornton, the outside linebacker transfer from LSU. Uh, graduate transfer, so he's, he's eligible immediately. Those are two of the guys that I'm looking at to kind of play in one of the two jack rolls they're going to have on the outside. The other side, I'm looking at two names that are very familiar with people. Jacoby Jones announced that he would be returning for another senior year. So his fifth year due to the NCAA uh, freezing eligibility due to COVID-19. That's going to allow these guys to come back. So Jacoby Jones is a guy that I very much want to see how he does in this new Pete Kwiatkowski defense playing in that role. Moro Ajomo is another guy that I would pay a lot of attention to. You also have the Notre Dame transfer. Uh, so those are guys to pay attention to. Positions that you're not really going to have to worry about. How about the nose tackle position when you're talking about Keandre Colburn, Devondre Sweat, probably going to be his backup. How does Byron Murphy fit into those? So the incoming freshman, where is he going to play at? That's going to be an interesting one to watch. The other defensive tackle position, I think we know it's going to be Alfred Collins. We've seen what he can do. But what can he do with even more snaps at the position? Big, huge, 6'5", 305-pound. We saw the athleticism. We saw the interception that he got in the Alamo Bowl. It was a fantastic play. Vernon Broughton, another name to consider when you look at the guys up front. And again, I will bring up Byron Murphy. Where does he fit? Does he fit more of that traditional nose tackle, one technique? He's going to play more of that three technique tackle, more of a pass rusher assists with the the run game. Again, other positions that you're not going to have to worry about, your linebackers. I think we know it's Juwan Mitchell. But what do they look like beyond him? Jalen Ford was a guy that we saw last season, the guy who was a late flip from Utah. How is he going to look as the backup? 
because it seems like we know Jawan Mitchell is going to miss some time during the season. As we saw last year, he missed time due to the fact that he got called for targeting. So you're going to have to call upon him. Uh, the other linebacker, DeMarvin Overshone, we know what you got out of him. He made a lot of big plays for him. What do they look like behind him? David Gabenda is the guy immediately. But there are quality freshman linebackers coming in. Where do they fit in this? And that's going to be interesting to watch. That's going to be not so much position battle as starters. We definitely want to watch the position battle for the backups. How do they fit into this? At cornerback, I think you know Deshaun James is going to be one of them. Kitten Crawford is a guy who can back him up. And, I, and we saw a little bit of him. How does he look? That's going to be one to watch. Then you have your nickelback position. And this is kind of where it gets a little bit murky. I like Chris Adamora there. And he can kind of play that role of a Buda Baker. He can kind of move around. He can play safety. He can play nickel. Anthony Cook is another guy who can play coverage at the nickel position. The other cornerback is what I'm worried about, or not really worried, but interested to see. You have the incoming transfer from McNeese State, Darian Dunn. A lot of people have already penciled him in as the starter over Josh Thompson. What does that mean for Josh Thompson? Does Josh play backup and then slide over and play nickel some? Does he come in on other packages where they need more cornerbacks on the field? That is one to watch. Darian Dunn versus Josh Thompson. That's going to be a very interesting battle. Darian Dunn has the length, the size, the ball skills. Uh, we saw what he does. How does he do with the elevated competition? We saw what he did against Oklahoma State. His coverage against Tylen Wallace uh, you know, came close to an interception. Tylen Wallace had to play defender in that role. Free safety. That's going to be fun. No Caden Stearns anymore. It's Jaron Thompson. We saw him interception against Kansas State. Almost had a second. Performed well in the Alamo Bowl as well. That's uh, He's a sophomore that I would definitely want to keep an eye on. Incoming freshman J.D. Coffey. I think he could see some time at rotation in, in the free safety position. He's a guy that can play deep. He's got ball skills. Or he can play around the line of scrimmage. Uh, you know, he's he's a guy who can he can lay the wood, so to speak. I mean, he's a hitter, so he's a guy to watch. B.J. Foster might finally get his opportunity. You know, we've kind of been waiting for B.J. Foster. Now, it's kind of like he's the guy returning for his senior season, opting not to go to the NFL draft one more year, kind of see what he's got. His backup, Tyler Owens. You know, and this is a position where I thought maybe Montreal Zell might get featured a little bit, but he's gone now. He's moved to the offensive side of the ball. Names to consider on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, we talked about it. Byron Murphy, 6'1", 290-pounder out of DeSoto, Texas. He's going to be a guy to watch. Jatavion Sanders, how much defense is he going to play? He played defensive end, but it seems like his impact was more on the offensive side of the ball, so it'll be interesting to see how they use him on offense. Uh... You know, prior to the firing of Tom Herman, and we're going to get into Tom Herman in the last segment, but prior to the firing of Tom Herman, you know, Jatavion was supposedly going to play both ways. Is that going to remain the case with Steve Sarkeesian, or is he going to be more of an offensive threat, maybe play a little bit of X wide receiver, tight end? Remains to be seen on what's going to happen with Jatavion Sanders. But I just want to talk about the ever-increasing 
makes models of cars it's impossible to get all of the parts that you need at a traditional store so why endure the often pointless seemingly intimidating question hey is your truck an lt uh is that odyssey an lx or an ex and then you got to stand there and wait for the guy on the behind the counter look on his computer choosing only the brands that they happen to carry that is one reason you need to do this yourself you can repair and maintain your cars and save money by using rockauto.com. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics, do-it-yourselfers. Rockauto.com prices are all the same for everybody and reliably low. Rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than charging prices based on the tier, the market. So head on over to rockauto.com because it's for everybody and does not require a membership or an account login. You go in there, you type in your make, your model, all the parts pop up that you need. Best of all, they're reliably low and the same for everybody. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com, see all the parts available for your car or truck, right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com All right, well, today on the Locked On Today podcast, with players fleeing the Houston Texans, what NFL team will be the worst to play for in 2021? Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcast. All right, now it is time to get into some hoops talk. Uh, we're talking Texas. We're talking Iowa State in Ames tonight, 7 o'clock. ESPN Plus is how you can watch it. Let's get into why Iowa State could win this game. Talk about if they can shoot well for them, especially from the three-point line. Uh, We saw how well Iowa State can play. They challenged Baylor twice this year. Baylor ultimately finally had their first loss of the year, losing to Kansas. You know, they they flirted with 50% from the field against Baylor and TCU. And they're coming off two of their best shooting days from from three, uh, we saw what they did from three-point land against Oklahoma. So I think if Texas has problems defensively uh, in, in limiting their shooting, that could be a way that Iowa State can win this game. Uh, you know, it, it seems like Texas has been living by the three and dying by the three. So if, if Texas is, is missing their shots and if Iowa State can can hit some of those shots, you know, that can sway it their way. So that, you know, that's going to be interesting to see. Is Andrew Jones, is Courtney Raymond going to continue to struggle from three-point land? It seems like they're very hot and cold. You know, there's some games that they're really on and some games that they're really off. And, you know, going back to the 78-72 to win for the Longhorns back in early January, uh, you know, the margin was close. And and I think it probably shouldn't have been. Uh, But, you know, Iowa State... If you look at their record, you think they're really, really bad. And, and like that old adage of Bill Parcells would say, you are what your record says you are. You know, I, I think they are what they are, right? I mean, they're not a great basketball team, but they play hard and they play these teams really, really close. So how does Texas win this basketball game? You heard me talk about it. Courtney Ramey, Andrew Jones, they have got to be on because... Like I said, when they're not doing well, it puts a lot of pressure on the other guys. Matt Coleman, he can handle the pressure. 
But then you have the other guys. You're expecting a Jericho Sims to provide a lot of points, and that's not his game. You know, he's more of a rim protector, uh, you know, glass eater, getting off the getting the boards, you know, going back up for second chance points, uh, being, you know, that defensive monster in the middle. You know, Greg Brown is kind of, you know, he's a little bit of everything. He can provide you some shooting, some high-flying dunks, some, you know, crazy highlights. He occasionally can hit some three points for you, but that's not his game. Not yet, anyway. He's still developing there. Uh, and, and, and let's be honest, lately Texas has been struggling. They've really been struggling to the point where we even asked a question yesterday. Is Shaka Smart on the hot seat? And should he be in the hot seat? But they've got to find a way to win this game, and they've got to find a way to beat Oklahoma next week to get there in, the, in later this week to get ready for the Big 12 tournament. I think if Texas can, you know, get the big rebounds, the big moments, they'll do well. The other thing is they have got to find a way to get to the free throw line. Um, you know, if you're struggling shooting, you've got to find a way to force the issue inside. And that's where they need to go. Uh, and, and so that's why I'm looking at them going, okay, force it in the middle. Get some of their guys into foul trouble, you know, do that, you know, and get them into foul trouble, get to the line, and, you know, allow them. Just the guy that I don't want shooting free throws, obviously, is going to be Jericho Sims. Get one of your guards, you know, drive into the paint. If it's not there, kick out. If you can get a foul in a bucket, that's what they should be doing. Uh, they've got to find a way. And, you know, they can't play this up and down like they've been playing. But I think Iowa State, again, is going to force the issue. It's going to be a close game. I think uh, when, when you look at this game right now, maybe five to seven points. I don't. I think it's going to be very similar to the 78-72 game uh, back in January The Texas won. I think Texas wins this game as well, uh, but I would not be a guy that would want to put a whole lot of money on this game. And I'm going to get you those odds according to our friends at betonline.ag. As of right now, they have Texas as a 11.5 point favorite. Over-unders, 142.5 in this game. So if I'm a betting man, I'm going to take Iowa State plus 11.5. And, and I think I'm going to hit that over on the 142.5 because I think that's 75-72 game. I still think they hit the over in that game. That's where I'm leaning. Uh, but again, 75-72, I'm not expecting a huge scoring difference. I think three points. Three to five points is good for them. I think that's kind of where they at. They should win by more, absolutely. I just until I see it from this Texas basketball team, I'm not going to be a believer that they can blow a team away. We haven't seen it much lately, uh, you know. And like I said, can the duo, the trio of guards, play big in this game? That's really where it's going to be at. Can they play better defensively? Can they limit some of the outside shooting from Iowa State again, a team that can be streaky? That's what we got to pay attention to as they move towards uh, the Big 12 tournament. All right, now we're going to get into the rankings that, that came out. For the Ferris Mowers USA Today coaches poll came out. Baylor is now the number three team in the country. West Virginia tied at number five with Alabama. To round out the top ten, you have Houston at seven, Iowa Villanova, then Ohio State. And as you go further down, that's when you start seeing more of the Big 12 teams. You have a Kansas team that is now 14th in the country. They're 18, 
18 and 8 overall. Oklahoma coming in at 14 and 7, the same identical record as Texas. Uh, just one spot ahead of Texas. Oklahoma just got swept by the number 17 team, Oklahoma State. Texas Tech coming in at number 18. So plenty of Big 12 teams in the top 25. Texas right now sitting at number 16. They will play the number 15 Oklahoma Sooners later this week. Uh, but they need a good showing. Uh, you know, Texas at one point was a top 5 team, top 10. And they just continue to slide down with this, this skid that they're on at the wrong time. Usually you want teams start to heat up towards the end of the season as they get into tournament play. That has not been the case for this team. They really need this game. But again, if you're asking me, according to betonline.ag, I would take the under in this or take the over in this game. Take Iowa State plus 11.5 if I'm going to put money on this game because I just don't believe in Texas. But that remains to be seen. Can they prove, prove us wrong or at least prove me wrong? You may be a believer, uh, but when it comes to this basketball team, I am not quite there yet. Speaking of betonline.ag, it is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all the sports action. We don't have football. We got NBA. We got college basketball. Tournament times heating up. NHL's in full swing. Baseball's around the corner. Bet online even covers award shows, TV shows, reality TV. Maybe you want to bet on The Bachelor. Maybe you wanted to bet on the Golden Globes that just took place. They have everything. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. The best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head on over to BetOnline.ag on your computer. Use your mobile device. Sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure you're using that promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, to receive that 50% welcome bonus. BetOnline, your online sportsbooks experts. There is simply no better place to get all the news in the Big 12 Conference than with the Big 12's Joshua Neighbors and the Locked On Big 12 Podcast. Whether it's football, basketball, baseball, if it's happening in the Big 12, Josh has got you covered with in-depth look at the conference every Monday through Friday. Subscribe to the Locked On Big 12 Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And wouldn't you know it, Tom Herman is back in the news again. Uh, according to Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network, uh... Mr. Tom Herman has accepted a job as an analyst with the Chicago Bears. That's interesting. What I thought was funny is I've seen a few people do this. I saw SI write this. What about Sam Ellinger going to the Chicago Bears? And, and that's funny when you look at it because why? Well, I mean, Tom Herman's there, so why not? But here's the thing. He's an analyst, right? How much pool is an analyst actually going to have? I would venture a guess it's not much. Not much at all. Uh, another thing I want to get into, Longhorns Wire's Cami Griffin, uh, who you will joining us on Friday's show. I want to go over her list here. She ranked all 10 teams, in essentially, in the running back rankings for the Big 12. We're going to run through this real quick. At number 10, we have Baylor's Craig Williams and Tristan Ebner. Big question, can Williams stay healthy? How big of a role is Ebner going to have? I can understand why you got him at number 10. Number 9, Velton Gardner out of Kansas. He's replacing Puka Williams, who opted out midway through last year. Uh, he finished with over 146 yards after contact. That's 2.06 yards per rush. 
According to Pro Football Focus, he had a 75.3 rush grade, which was 14th in the conference. Zachary Evans comes in at number 8. A guy that, towards the end of the year, he looked really good. He, he had 5.76 yards after contact for rush. Came in with the 13th best rush grade in the conference on limited snaps. Be interesting to see. And we have Sirajic Thompson out of Texas Tech coming in at number 7. Uh, he's going to split time uh, in that backfield. How is it going to change, though, now with the new quarterback, Tyler Shug? Does that help him with having a bigger threat to run the football and throw the football? Let's be honest. Alan Bowman, Henry Columbia really didn't provide that big of a threat uh, towards the end of the season. Uh, we have L.D. Brown at Oklahoma State coming in at number six. He was kind of that home run threat, but how does he look without Chuba Hubbard ahead of him? That's going to be interesting to watch. He came in with the 28th best rush grade, according to Pro Football Focus, in the Big 12 Conference. And now we're getting into the top five. We're getting into the meat and potatoes here. Number five, Letty Brown, West Virginia. 1,000-yard rusher last year on 199 carries. Added another 200 yards and two touchdowns through the air. He comes in with a 72.8 rush grade, which is 20th in the Big 12 Conference. That was interesting. He had 585 yards after contact, 2.94 per rush attempt. Uh, but he did come in with the 21st best offensive grade in all of the Big 12. All right, then we have Deuce Vaughn at number four. Kind of that Darren Sproles starter pack. He had the second best offensive grade in a conference at 88.4. 86.5 was his rush grade. Also good for second. He's going to be a guy to watch, and mostly because... It felt like towards the end of the year, his impact was a little bit lessened. They didn't have Skylar Thompson back there. He returns. Deuce Vaughn returns. We'll see how it fits. But right now, Kami has him at number four. Uh, we're going down to the list here. Number three, they got Kennedy Brooks out of Oklahoma, who opted out last year. Prior to that, he had back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons to begin his career. Uh, in 2019, PFF had put out their draft grade or their rush grade back in 2019. He had the number one rush grade and the number four offensive grade among running backs in the Big 12 Conference. So that's who they're getting back. That season he had 549 yards after contact, 3.54 per rush. So that's he's an interesting name. All right, Cammy's going with number two here, Bijan Robinson. Now I I love Bijan. I don't know. I'm ready to put him at number two yet. Uh, but when it's all said and done, he could be number one. Uh, last year, 86 carries for 703 yards, four touchdowns, 15 receptions, 196 yards, two more touchdowns. He had a, the 11th best rush grade among Big 12 running backs, and in number 10 on offense, he had 530 yards after contact for 6.09 per rush, which was best in the Big 12. How does Bijan look this season with Steve Sarkeesian? That's going to be the big question. Because if he uses him in the way that he used Najee Harris, I think those numbers are going to blow up. Absolutely think they're going to blow up. Because he's that talented. He was a five-star running back, number one running back in the country for a reason. And I think Steve Sarkeesian can get the most out of him. So I don't have a problem with Bijan uh, number two here. Mostly because who's at number one? I think we all agree. Brees Hall, uh, very deserving of being in that number one spot. Now a big reason why... Iowa State has been so good. Last year, he had two almost 280 carries, over 1,500 yards, 21 touchdowns. Added two more you know, through the air. He had the fourth best rush grade in the conference. 
fourth best offensive grade in the conference. He had 935 yards after contact. Now, those numbers are a little bit lower, 3.34 per rush, but mostly because he carried the ball a lot. But they needed him to do that, and a big reason why Iowa State was as good as they were last year. Texas was able to hold him under 100 yards. I think it was the first time all year that that had happened. So we're going to need another strong defensive effort this year to kind of slow him down. Uh, but overall, I think the rankings are good. Uh, if you want to take a look at the full rankings, read through it. Head on over to longhornswired.usatoday.com. Um, you can read that story as well as the rest of the Texas Longhorns coverage that Cami Griffin and her team are doing over there. Fantastic stuff. That's going to do it for this edition of the Locked on Longhorns podcast. Make sure you tune in tomorrow. We're going to recap the basketball game, get you prepared as they get ready to play Oklahoma. Of course, we're going to be talking more football, more recruiting, everything that's going on around the 40 acres. But That's going to do it for me. See you all tomorrow. Hook them.